If you were here on Good Friday at the, at the North Campus gathering, or if you were at any of the gatherings this morning, you would have seen uh, a, a video on the screen. It's got some clips from Passion of the Christ on it. If you uh, don't like graphic pictures, then I encourage you, you can close your eyes, but make sure you listen to the video because it is powerful. Um, and we're gonna check that out. If you've already seen it, I, I just encourage you, you, don't have an attitude of like, oh, I've seen this, oh, okay, okay. Man, let Holy Spirit touch your life because it is, I've seen this video probably about like 20 times at least in my life and probably 19 out of the 20 times I've been bawling my eyes out and God's just hit me. So I encourage you, if you've seen it, come on, let God touch you as well. We've checked it out, turn your eyes to the screen. We see the story of Jesus going to the cross and everything seems to kind of be hand in hand. And then there's this one character that seems to interrupt the narrative. His name's Barabbas. We don't even know much about him except that he's a murderer, a leader of an insurrection, a rebel. And why he's even mentioned, sometimes I'm not so sure. It's like, what? Let's, this is about Jesus going to the cross. So in this moment, Pilate thinks, I hold the destinies of these two men in my hand. I know the Jews have a tradition that on a holy day, I will release one of the prisoners on death row. Pilate stands on this audacious stage who now presents Jesus, son of the living God, versus Barabbas, the thug and rebel. He says, all right, who do you want? This is blasphemy. This is, this has gone too far. There's no comparison. This is a rightful prisoner, a man who should be on death row. He's a rebel against Rome. He leads a rebellion. He murders people. He's a bad man. He's a thug and he's a crook. He deserves the chains and he deserves the crucifixion. Jesus, what has he done but heal, restore, deliver, set free? Open blind eyes, open deaf ears, heal the lame and the leper. What, what has Jesus done? Who do you want? We, we want Barabbas. Yeah, give us Barabbas.
God, I was reading this the other day and I felt God speak to me. I love Barabbas. I love him. But God, he's a bad man. I love him. And I wanted him to go free. But didn't you know that he probably would have never acknowledged the freak? Yeah, but I love Barabbas. For while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent his son for Barabbas. Even the one he knew would walk away from Jesus and his free gift and never come back. He loves them. And the nerve, the call, and the audacity of believers to think, I got saved by grace, but now that I'm in this deep, dark place of bondage, I better work hard to get myself out. What? That's the opposite of the gospel. Are you bound? Are you held under the power of this temptation, this sin, the sexual urges? Do you feel like it's controlling you? What are you going to do? I'm going to shake myself free. Stop it. No, you won't. You're no match for the powers of hell and the urges of sin and sexual temptation. You will not overcome it and you will never overcome it. You'll just be another statistic. There's no answer within yourself. Your own marriage, your own goodness, your own discipline, your own devotion will not save your marriage and will not save your kids. There's only one. And he's the one that took your place. He's the one that stood silently on the platform with Pilate and said, yes, let him have Barabbas. Take me. How many times have I stood on that platform with Pilate and Jesus and I'm the Barabbas and they start to take my chains off and I say, no, no, I deserve this. I deserve the guilt. I deserve the shame. I deserve the consequence. I deserve it. Jesus seems to look at me and say, no, son, let me have it. Let me have your sin. Let me have your pain. No, God, I did it to myself. I deserve it. My marriage won't make it. This is what I deserve. I deserve divorce. I deserve poverty. I deserve sickness. I deserve it all. No. God, I'm so ashamed. Give me your shame. church games we can pretend like some people are better than others and that's why they're blessed or we can all come to the honest conclusion that it's God and it's God alone the greatest challenge is not your discipline your devotion your focus your greatest challenge is believing the gospel could it be that there's a God with a love so scandalous so wide so deep so fast so high so expansive, so welcoming, so inclusive. Let me have your 
this empty space of forgiveness and acceptance while Jesus walks off to the cross that I deserve. I see him, I see him walking to the post to be whipped. As I stand a free man, all the attention is turned now. And I feel the love of God saying, go son, live your life. I'll pay the price. Where did we get off thinking that we were gonna set ourselves free? It's still Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. It'll never stop being the power of Jesus. If his blood is sufficient for your salvation, his blood is sufficient to sustain you through every challenge and every sin and every temptation. Jesus is enough. Powerful, eh? Powerful. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Man, the hope that we carry as Christians is unbelievable. I was actually just watching that video just then and I was going, it's almost too good to be true. (laughs) It's almost too good to be true that Jesus paid the price for us and went through that. If you don't have your emblems, then why don't you put your hand up? We're going to be taking communion. The host team will be able to find you and give you some emblems. When I was um, 17 years old, I had an incredibly powerful encounter with God. I was uh, in a hotel room and I decided that I'm going to take communion in the hotel room. And it was really interesting. Me and a mate, we were doing it together. And instantly when I closed my eyes to remember Jesus, I so clearly saw myself in the courtyard where Jesus was being whipped. It was almost like I was there. It was such a vivid vision. And I was looking as Jesus was getting whipped in the back. Uh, It says from some commentators, they say that Jesus' skin was hanging like ribbon. It was just a nasty thing. And he's getting whipped in classic Kiwi style. I remember I planted myself ready to go and tackle the Roman officer. I just remember planting myself, getting ready. And as I leaped forward to go and tackle the guy whipping Jesus, he turned his head and looked directly into my eyes. And he said, stop, I'm doing this for you. It was so vivid. It was like I was there. And and then instantly I was transported to the foot of the cross. And uh, in the vision, I was literally on my knees at the cross, looking up, seeing Jesus hanging on the cross. And all I could hear, I could hear it in the vision was a man suffocating. Just, just a man suffocating. And I remember all I, could, all I thought to do in the moment was simply lean forward and kiss his feet, just out of adoration for our Savior. And this is what Jesus did for us. It's incredibly, incredibly amazing. What I want to do is I want to share the Easter story with you. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Jesus. I'm a very visual person. If someone's telling me something, I need to imagine it. Otherwise, I'm not going with you. So I need you to follow with me. I'm going to share the Easter story. And as I share it, put yourself in the shoes of Jesus from his perspective, all right? 
if you want to, close your eyes while you do this, if that helps. This is the story of Easter. Jesus was gonna die. He knew it was coming. Your best friend is the one that turned you in. Your people turned against you. You're completely innocent and everybody knows it. They choose a criminal who deserves the crucifixion to be released instead of you, which we just saw. All you have done is help people. They beat you up. They spit in your face. They whip you so bad that you're already nearly dead before you're even crucified. And they hit a crown of thorns into your head with a wooden club. They make you carry the heavy cross in your half dead condition to the spot you're going to die. They publicly humiliate you by stripping your clothes off and then they nail your hands and your feet on the cross and you take your last breath. That's what Jesus went through for you and for me. It is the most tragic story ever told. And he did that for you. And he did that for me. It's amazing. It blows my mind. Just as we heard that there's a love so scandalous that he would go, I'm gonna do this for people. I'm gonna do this for people who are probably just gonna stuff up again. It just blows my mind. And he does it because he loves you and he loves me. It says this in Luke chapter 22, verse 19 to 20. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is my new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. As we take the emblems tonight, as we celebrate communion, as we remember what Jesus did, let's put ourselves in the feet of Jesus and take a moment to simply remember what he went through for you and for me. Because it is so much bigger than just a fairy tale story of a man hanging on a cross. It's so much bigger. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, as you take these emblems, why don't you say, God, would you reveal yourself to me tonight as you take these emblems? Let's do that. God, we thank you that you died on a cross. God, we thank you for your body that was broken, for the blood that was spilt. And God, we are just so incredibly thankful. We're so blown away by what you did for us. God, I pray that you'd reveal yourself afresh to every person in this place. God, I pray that you'd reveal a glimpse of what you went through on the cross so we know how valuable we are, we know how loved we are by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So we thank you for that. State the emblems.
it's the most tragic story ever written. But the good news is that when he died, that was only a comma. It was only a comma. And today on Easter Sunday, we get to worship the risen Christ because the work wasn't finished. It says this in Matthew 28, verses one to six. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. I'm so happy that three people are excited about that. I'm so happy about it. Come on, Jesus rose from the dead. That is amazing. We're celebrating that. All right, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Come on, guys. I, the thing I love about that piece of scripture, I did a little bit of research and the stone was rolled away. And I looked up how much the stone would have weighed because I'm just, I was just interested in that as I was reading it. And uh, through a bunch of articles, I'd say the stone weighed roughly 1.5 to two tons. Um, that's heavy. <laughs> if you don't know what, that's heavy. Um, and so the stone is incredibly heavy. And then we see that it was rolled away. That would need what? At least four men, I'd say. At least six men. Eight, 10, I don't, I don't know. Unless you're Ben Sears at the back. He's bulky, man. Like, oh, yeah, that's a big, big stone. And it was rolled away. It blows my mind. And as we celebrate Sunday where Jesus was resurrected, as we celebrate the stone being rolled away, there's some good news tonight. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what stone is in your life, how heavy it is, God can move it. God is able to move it and He can and He will move it. As we celebrate God rolling the stone away today, He rolls away your sin. Come on, three people are excited about that. He rolls away your guilt. He rolls away your shame. He rolls away your past. Do you know why? Because who the sun sets free is? Come on, it's free indeed. Doesn't matter what stone is in your life. God can roll it away. It's because He's risen from the grave. Come on, you're not what you did. You're not what you're gonna do. You're not what you even think you are sometimes. You're not what people say you are. You're who the risen Christ Jesus, who He says you are. And He is wanting to move in every person's life tonight. He is wanting to move powerfully in our lives tonight. When Jesus was raised from the dead, it changed everything. Yeah. 
It changed everything. It enabled us to step back into relationship with God and be reconnected with the Father, which is just amazing. Think about it. The, the relationship was broken and Jesus died on a cross. He rose from the dead. And now you and I, we get to walk with God every single day, every single moment and for all of eternity. For all of eternity. It's amazing. We are reconnected with the Father and we are going to experience His presence tonight, I believe. We're gonna worship God. That's why the band's here. And I, I just encourage you, as we worship God tonight, it's really easy to default to thinking about Jesus who walked the streets, human Jesus, which that's who He is. That's who we worship. But as we worship tonight, I want us to think about the risen Christ Jesus. This is what it says in Revelation 1, 12, 12 to 18, which is amazing. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the son of man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were like wool as white as snow and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand and a two-edged two sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. That's Jesus. That's the risen Christ, Jesus. As we worship him, we're worshiping Jesus who rose from the grave, who has eyes of fire, who will be returning.